so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello and welcome back to the Marseille View. Hope you're all well. I'm Stefan and I'm your host. It's been a wee while since we last recorded, but we're pleased to be back today with a special edition podcast. It's time for a yearly grand soiree, the annual TMV Awards. The season is over, so we'll be doing a recap of how it all went, and then we'll be dishing out eight awards to the most worthy and unworthy winners. Now, in order to do that, we've got a decent-sized team in the house tonight, so there's four of us. Um, Firstly, we've got Ben. How are you, Ben? Good, good. Glad this um, shit show of the season is over. Um, and excited to um, to have a, a bit of fun with these awards. Brilliant. And returning after quite a few months, I think, we're joined by our old friend Hadi. Hadi, good to have you back. How have you been? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Thanks a lot for having me again. Uh, very happy to be here and uh, to do the awards. I, I never participated in, in the TMV Awards and I'm pretty excited to be a part of it. It's a very prestigious ceremony. Um, yeah, so we've also got Thomas. How are you, Thomas? Hi, hi. Greetings from Poland. I'm I'm very good and also very, very excited. Uh, so let's get started. Brilliant, guys. Um, well, hopefully it should be fun tonight. Um, I think it's pretty good, actually, that just for this um, podcast, we've got pretty good representation anyway from all over the world. So we're dialing in from the UK, from Poland, and from Canada, so not bad, nearly there. We nearly had Australia. Jeremy was, I think we thought he was joining us, but not tonight. So um, we've got three of the corners, I think. Um, apologies for my geography there, in case I offend anyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Not at all. <laughs> good representation from the OM community, is what I meant to say. Okay, so what we're going to do, right, is we'll start with a season review. So we're going to discuss the, the very fact that the League and season has come to a close. Now, OM have finished in what can surely be described as a... They've had a bit of a rocky 2020-2021 season. Now, the club went into the season in the back of a second-place finish last year, albeit helped by COVID ending last season early, and entering the Champions League for the first time in, I think, seven years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So expectations were probably... I think fairly high, at least in terms of Ligue 1, maybe not for the Champions League, but expectations, I think, were fairly high, despite the dire financial situation the club was in. However, after a solid, you could say, if underwhelming start to the season in terms of performances, um, our season really tumbled into disarray in classic OM style, with the club crashing out of the Champions League in the last place in the group stages. Um we saw a bizarre crisis over the January transfer window that culminated in the manager, Andre Villas-Boas, quitting. 
Uh, we had a fan rebellion which saw supporters storm the club's training centre and the removal of uh, President Jacques-Henri Echo from his post following supporter dissatisfaction and a kind of war between him and the, the, the supporters groups. Um, we've had all the scandal, we've had all the chaos you can imagine this last season. You know, we've seen the excitement for briefly of a potential mega money Saudi led takeover to rumours of bankruptcy. We've we've even seen a kind of Game of Thrones like background staff shift. We've had three coaches and currently there's some or recently there's been some excitement with the appointment of I guess you could say a Bielsa disciple and Jorge Sampaoli as manager. With all that, OM finished fifth place, securing Europa League football. But guys, having just heard about the whole soap opera that we've endured, can we say this has been a good season for Marseille? I, I just, I, I just, I, I don't, you know, I'm starting to feel like we're just not allowed to be happy as <laughs> OM fans. Um, you know, we seem to. It's, the, it's it's what makes us love this club, but it's also very frustrating. There's always an element of controversy. There's always something going on. There's always frustration. There are positives. There is there is joy, but it's in too short supply in the season like the one we've just had. And it's just glad it's over. <clears throat> there, there were few positives to take from this season, but there were still some. Um, notably, I think that the restructure and um, and it all finally getting the hell out of our club, or out of the running of our club anyway. Um, Longoria seems to be a competent person. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm sort of hopeful for the future, but it's been it's been very very emotionally draining this year with all the, the stuff that's happened on and off the pitch, and it's um, you know yet again sadly. You know, when when you got to last season and, and you managed to sort of get Champions League qualification, you're supposed to build on that. And um, I think it's, it's it happens very often, not just to OM. It happens to to Lyon. It happens to Lille. To Monaco, they just can't seem to be able to string together two um, two consecutive seasons where they they perform at more or less the same level and they and they get Champions League again. Um, so it's, it, it is difficult. But when it's OM, we we seem to crash and burn much harder than the other teams do when they don't when they don't qualify. So, yeah, that's that's my two cents. Happy the club's restructured. Happy and, and hopeful and optimistic for for the future. But also, yeah, just thank God it's over. Thank God. Yeah, I kind of agree with the with Ben when he said that. Thank God it's over because it's been a roller coaster of emotions. But you know, this is Marseille, right? It's always been that way. And whenever we get a, a smooth season, that's like it, it's it never happens. It barely happens, right? So for us, you know, seeing the ups the ups and downs of a, of a, of a club like Marseille, it's it's pretty normal in my opinion. Now, the, the thing that we need to to um, to realize uh, is I think that Andre Villas-Boas made a huge mistake um, because he was playing very well in, in 2020 and then he decided to switch uh, momentum, the 2019-2020 uh, season, and then he decided to switch his tactics for the 2020-2021, playing a very compact, uh, compact uh, game, uh, just focusing on set pieces 
and and just telling us and and he was starting to prepare us before the beginning of the season and he said oh you know the level is going to be so high in the champions league so we have we cannot play the the beautiful game anymore we have to really uh, be a, a lot more cautious and stuff and i think that's when uh, we realized that he realized that it, it doesn't work with marseille it doesn't work with the player that he has to to play that way and it's really a pity because Villas Boas showed a few brilliant stuff in 2019, 2020, but he didn't build on that. And 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 that's I think the the whole uh, you know if I want to say how the season went on for for the Olympique de Marseille, I would say it's it's first of all the biggest problem that we had is that Andre Villas Boas didn't continue on his on building on his first season. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we got. Sampaoli and you know everybody sold us Sampaoli as being the guys that's going to take risks and we're going to play offensive football and we're going to we're going to be so good and and you know he's going to play with six seven players going into the box and you know we all had the dreams of 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 playing droit au but football right and unfortunately I feel that I, I didn't really like what I've seen from Sampaoli from that point of view I'm not saying that he didn't do well. No, he did very well. And, you know, the results are here. Uh, but I expected more. I expected more from him. I expected more offensive things from it, for, from him. And then I'm like, you know what? At least we finished. We got what we wanted. Um, you know, it wasn't really, uh, you know, a, a European place wasn't really in the, in the books after, after the beginning of the season that we had. But you know he was able to to push us up to to an Europa League a Europa League place, so we have to 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 be content of what we got, and let's hopefully see the real Jorge Sampaoli at the helm of the team next year. I can't wait to see the real Jorge Sampaoli with the players that he would have chosen along with Longoria, and that's what's really exciting. Are we going to see that free free flowing football, or are we not going to see that? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I think that the question, like to to, to summarize the season, is really a, a very difficult one. As you as you mentioned, Stefan, as you recapped it, there was really a lot of events during the season. I think that in terms of sporting performance or or the end uh, result, let's say, I think that our fifth place is actually a miracle. I'm actually quite quite as astounded to manage to land on the, on, on the fifth place, and it was more more because like no other team wanted this fifth place, I, I guess. So I think it, when you consider that we had three coaches, uh, our crisis, the, the, uh, the protests, etc., etc., I think the fifth place is a, is a, is a very good um, result concerning all the circumstances, let's say. Uh, our Champions League campaign was a disaster. And uh, I, I don't know if you um, remember that we actually broke the Mm, uh, the uh, record for most consecutive losses in in, in Champions League, um, but but still, like I, I think that no one will uh, like uh, remember that for for years. I, I think it was like it was it was very very bad. But it it when I think about this season, I don't think about our performance in Champions League. As for the, the not as, as for the things not consider like not. Um, Sporting per, per se, let's say. I think that um, I hope that the appointment of uh, Longoria and the things that Ben said. I think that the restructuring of the club might, might be, and I hope it will be, one of the pivotal moments for the history of our club. I hope that 
uh, that we will when, when we will think about this season like few few years um, in the future we, we will uh, remember that about as, as as the year in which this uh, um, like this change happened and uh, Longoria took over. I think we made uh, some very important and good transfers, which also will uh, pay dividends in, in next uh, seasons. Um, as for what you had said about Sampoli, I, I think that I actually I, I thought it will be worse, actually. So it's interesting that we have a very different opinion. Actually, I think considering that he he um, like inherited this squad with this level of determination and motivation, I think that the results and style are, are here. And I think that mainly some kind of a change in, um, let's say, motivation is happening already. And I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful for the next season. So I think that uh, it, it like considering all the circumstances, I think it was like surprisingly good decision, I guess. Okay, so I, I was going to ask about um, some Pauli later, but I think that because a couple of you have spoken about him already, it's probably good to, to talk about him now while we're on the subject. Um, so I was thinking, I'm kind of in agreement with um, with Hadi. So I kind of feel that um, Sam Pauli was. I was kind of. I, I mean, I'm I, to be honest. I'm in agreement with both of you, um, Thomas, as well. I, I I didn't have massive expectations. But I was, um, I, let's just say, I wasn't like overwhelmed by the the football that we've seen so far. I think there's been little like moments of good play and stuff, but it's certainly a very very long way away from the kind of football that we saw under Bielsa. And I know that that's maybe a little bit of a lazy comparison to compare the two coaches, but it's the one that we're always given, isn't it? It's the one everyone always talks about. Sam Pauli being like Bielsa. Um, and yeah, so like maybe I just would have liked to see a little bit more um, attractive football uh, and um, more consistently, I guess. So so more attractive football, more consistently. But yeah, I mean, I have to, I I have to be patient. I, I accept that that we, um, you know, that we will we'll maybe see like in early next season what he's really got to offer. Um, now, just going back to something actually that um, I think Hadi said before I pass it on, but you made an interesting point about AVB and how he didn't really build upon the success from last season. I actually think that um, there was quite a number of caveats with AVB and his impact on OM last year and how we finished. I think that was, although on paper it looked good, there was a lot of little things that were, well actually this if this hadn't happened, you know, if COVID hadn't happened, we we grinded through a lot of results, we you know, we, we won when we, we weren't always playing that well. There was a lot of warning signs I think that maybe um things weren't perfect and that we could look vulnerable the following season. So I'm not entirely surprised that he didn't sort of improve from where he left off, to be honest. But um, yeah, so sort of just going back to Sampali, I guess Ben, we've not heard what your thoughts are. Like, really, like, um, do you think that Sampali is the right appointment? And are you, um, yeah, are you like excited about what you're going to see from him as the coach OM, or what you've already seen um, from him, rather than what looking too much in the future? Because we'll look at the future towards the end of the discussion. But yeah, do you like what you've seen so far, really? 
Um, well, you, you've got to, you've got to, again, you, you can only judge by comparing to what we saw for the first half of the season, which was AVB and, and as Hadi described, yes, there was a tactical shift. <coughs> um, but, you know, I don't, AVB, look, he, he had his faults, but we had literally zero cash to spend in the transfer window last summer. Um, and players like Payet came back overweight, unfit, <coughs> un- unconcerned. <coughs> you know, there are a lot of um, of sort of attenu- attenuating circumstances, aren't they? That you know that you can say that he wasn't helped. The big shift <coughs> that I've seen so far with Sampaoli is in the intent. It's just it's just completely different. I mean, yes, there are there are issues. There are we, we give the ball away a bit too often. We're a bit sloppy at the back because. I think many of the defenders aren't used to playing this, this free at the back system, <clears throat> but um, but also you know the the, the, the comparison is striking because the number of chances we create per game and stuff is is a much much bigger percentage of expected goals per game since San Paulo's joined compared to the AVB reign. Um, you know, I remember remember some some games of AVB. I mean, we went one nil away to Strasbourg with one shot on target in the whole game for both teams, you know, and, and you compare to, to you know, the, the football we've seen where Lirola is getting down his wing and we, we, we seem to be crossing like 10 odd times per game. Luis Enrique's come on good as well. You, you can see what he's trying to do. You can see the intent. You can see the system. But again, um, you know, you've got to caveat it and say he's had to make do with what he's got. And, and what he's got is not a lot, to be honest. I mean, um, you know, <laughs> Uh, Longoria worked miracles to get Milik in, to get Lirola in, um, and, and they've done very well, both of them. I mean, Milik, Milik ended the season with 10 goals out in 16 games, I believe, if you count the cup. Um, Lirola got, what was it, two goals, three assists or something like that. It's just, you know, that that's in itself. He he, he set the team up to work to the, those players' strengths, and it's it's had some success, the results. There are much more, you know, many more wins than, than losses. But there are still areas for concern where we, we still seem to be playing for only 45 minutes per game. And, and, and the rest of the time, the team is still sleepwalking. And I think we discussed it a few times on, on previous episodes. I think part of that is down to mental burnouts where you know a, a lot of players you, you can just see, notably like Mondanda, Alvaro, you can just see it almost on their faces. Like, can't wait for the season to be over. I'm so done with it. And fitness-wise... The, Every, you know, the players have all looked looked pretty rinsed, um, and and again, that, I, I will fault AVB for that. Again, I'm, I'm you know I'm very unconvinced by whatever physical preparation they did in pre-season because the players did not look fit 100% of the time, all of them together. And you know, Sampaoli's done what he's done. I think he, he I, I'll just end it by saying that when he joined his first press conference, he said, "I, I have a system, I have a style, I have." I have demands and expectations. There are players who are going to sit to fit with it very well. There are players who are going to take time, and others that simply won't fit. And and he's, I think he's 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 completed that evaluation stage now. He knows who he can rely on. He knows where the team needs strengthening with with profiles that he wants in in terms of the way he wants to to, to set the team up and play. Now now we've got to now we've got to give the the, the club a chance to to do that and to give him those players because apparently we do have money to spend and and then we can judge him properly in six months time if he gets those players and it's still mixed reviews then yeah then we can start sort of sticking the knife in but 
yeah, he's had to make do with with very limited squad and and some some very average um, performances by supposed key players like Tovar and Payet, who've who've been too few and far between this season. Yeah, just just to throw throw a bit of uh, statistics into into this conversation because we were we were speaking about the the like the the intent and the uh, tactics and blah. Etc. Uh, I quickly checked. Actually, under AVB, we scored uh, 79 goals in 60 matches, which equals 1.32 goals per match. And under Sampoli, it's still like a small sample size because it's only 11 matches, but we managed to score 20 goals. So it's so it's 1.82 goals per match. So I think that the uh, in in terms of football statistics, this is a pretty big difference. Uh, I think. And just to just to second what Ben said about intent, I think the the the, 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 the one of the the pictures that's actually um, like is, is a good illustration to this point. I I I I I read that after I think it was on, uh, after game versus Angers, uh, the, the 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 second to last game. Actually, Amavi uh, came to Payet with uh, and 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 was complaining to him that he didn't uh, help him defensively. So maybe it is like the first uh, sign that maybe this you know this this group of closely um, closely knitted players, which are living a good life in Marseille, maybe some police, um let's say attitudes uh, will will make something that they will actually work and train harder i hope so okay thank you um right so i'm going to just take it off the pitch again for a second just go back to some of the drama um that we talked about earlier on um i'm going to ask you how do you actually like so kind of two questions really like firstly like i mentioned in the uh, at the start there's a lot of um big changes and uh, and things happening off the off the pitch um particularly the sort of beginning of 2021 now like how profound do you think or how significant do you think those events are in terms of shaping the future from for Marseille, is it the case that these are just it's just like another year at Marseille, really, and we can expect to go through the same kind of crap every year? Or do you think we'll see sort of long-lasting change? And and I guess connected to that, do you think you know are we with with um, Pablo Longoria now in place as the president? Are we do we have um, do we have a safe pair of hands? I guess running the club. Listen, it's very hard to judge still, like because the sample is is pretty pretty small. But uh, you know, one of my my colleagues that with whom I, I do the OM pod uh, in French, uh, Ludo, uh, said something to me, and I wasn't convinced at first, but I, I am convinced right now uh, because I saw exactly what what happened and and the result of of uh, those nominations with Longoria being being president. Uh, he said something that's very interesting. He said. For once, and it's been a long time uh, coming, it's the first time that we see Marseille uh, with an attention to football and not Marseille with an attention to uh, money and to administrative stuff and to making the experience, the fan experience better. No, you have a team here with Longoria, with Sampaoli, all they want is to win on the pitch. So the whole mentality of the whole enterprise altogether is not 
the, the main goal and the objective is not money anymore. It is the results on the pitch. And we've seen that. We've seen Longoria. He is a sporting director at first. Yes, he's president, but he's someone that worked as a scout, uh, as a scout, and it's someone that worked as a sporting director. It's someone that worked in around the pitch, uh, you know, signing players, scouting players, and stuff. And and that's something that we haven't seen. I think the last time we've seen a president uh, having that kind of profile was Pap Juf because he was a, he was a player agent before. So it's the first time that we have someone that's really into the football and not into running an enterprise. Now. That's what really. Well, that's what's really fun from a fan point of view. Now, is uh, is Longoria uh, good enough to also handle everything that goes on and all the other tasks that a president that a president needs to handle? That's where the the question lies right now. And and right now, it's much such a small sample size to 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 really give an opinion on on uh, Longoria's ability to, to handle those tasks. But I think it's nice from a fan point of view. It's really nice. It's exciting because we're, gonna, we're, we're supposedly going to see uh, um, a better product on the field. We're going to see better play with the right players, with, uh, with exactly what, what we want to see. We want to see results on the pitch, and I'm, I think we're going to get results. Now, let's hope that we're going to be able to run the club as a big club, because we're still a big club, maybe not in a top 20 in Europe anymore, but still a big club in a top 50 in Europe, that's for sure. Uh, and we need to run the club like a big club and not like a club, uh, like like a small club in Ligue 1 or a small club in Europe. So that's that's where that's where I think Longoria's, uh, you know, sh- struggles are going to come. Is he going to be able to do that? Thank you. Anyone else? But just just to conclude that you know we have to let these guys work now. Had he's hundred percent right. I I feel I'm sure we all do. We now have competent people, football people running the club. No more fantasy startup nation idiots who've been to Harvard and think they know it all. These guys are bred football. They they you know San Paoli has always played attractive football everywhere else. Longoria has worked his way up, has worked at some of the biggest clubs in the world, so he knows what he's doing and he's learned from the best. So we've got to give them time now and, and key to key to San Paoli like like it is key to Bielsa will be the pre season, the prep, the physical work that they put in and how they drill the players to, to perform at the level he wants and, and so touch words we the signs seem to be pointing that we're getting our transfer business done pretty early by the sounds of things. Jerson, Brazilian lad, apparently is going to get done tomorrow. Um, yeah, look, look, when's the last time this happened? So we, we now need to let this unfold. We now need to watch them work their magic. And then we can, we, we'll hopefully, if we build the team early and we get the squad together in time for pre-season to play as Joe properly... It, it, it could, you know, that's, that's the way it should be done. But the last few seasons, sadly, with Zubi and Iroh, we, we just got too used to, to sleeping on the transfer window and doing our business too late. And that doesn't help either. No, I think, well, well I, I don't have anything, like, <laughs> very smart to add to that. I, I agree 100% with, uh, with Ben and Hadi. Okay, so I've got another question then. So... I guess kind of, I mean, we could maybe sort of move on actually and just sort of think like 
Look, based on what we're, everything we've discussed, um, what are OM's prospects looking ahead to next season? Then are we, yeah, what are we feeling? And and I guess we can kind of touch upon you know what Ben said as well about the Macato. We're seeing lots and lots of rumours right now. So yeah, are we do we are we coming out of this season feeling optimistic now? Well, I think it's it's uh, like as, as as we said, it it depends like very it depends greatly on on the transfer market and the early signs are that it's like that some value because it's one one thing is getting the players that are just good and the other thing is getting the, to to some value get the players that he actually needs for his system. So, I think that uh, when I when I read uh, some transfer gossips, uh, I I I. I see that uh, he has a like a strong say in which players uh, are we after. So I think it's a it's a it's a good sign. Mm, as to the next season's objectives, I think that uh, well, the, the the most like realistic uh, objective would be to reach Champions League. I think as uh, so it's the, the top top three finish in uh, in the league. And I think uh, well. Maybe because when you talk about these things, you have to also consider what our like who are our rivals and how strong are they. So, so the important thing is that uh, Lyon actually finished uh, at uh, fourth. So actually, they, they won't be playing Champions League, and they have quite serious financial problems now. So, so that is good for us. Um, uh, both Lille, Lille actually uh, already started to sell, sell sell players because both uh, Magnon and Sumare are out, are, are sold, uh, and I think that uh, Monaco will also uh, sell uh, will also sell some 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 key players. Um, there are some new contenders. I think that Nice, uh, if Gaultier goes there and they, they they will have a decent transfer budget, can can. Um, turn up for a fight for the for the top three stop uh, spot, but I think that uh, yeah, like a, a top three finish is a re- realistic subject, and I think that if 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 the transfer mark if, if the transfer uh, window goes well, and uh, hopefully we'll avoid all of the you know uh, non soccer drama, I think we can we can we can get there. I hope so. Avoid the non-soccer drama in Marseille. That's impossible, Thomas. That's impossible. <laughs> no. Yeah. Even 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 as I'm speaking this, I'm still like my my one eye is on, on my Twitter feed, and I'm I'm just you know <laughs> looking for 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 news about you know ephemeric Vontem et cetera et cetera. So I know that I I sound quite absurd. No, no, you're not absurd. It's just that you know it's never quiet in Marseille, and I. You know, to be honest, that's myself. That's what I like about it. It's there's so much much passion around the club, and I'm someone. I've been told that I'm someone that's very passionate. So you know, I, that's something that I see myself in this club, and uh, we we like Marseille because of those ups and downs. Uh, you know, and and the uncertainty around the club. You know, that's my my own opinion. Now. Uh, to answer your question, Stefan, uh, regarding the the the, uh, the transfer market that's coming. Um, Am I optimistic? Listen, if I want to be a sports journalist and if I want to answer like a sports journalist, I'm going to be very cautious in what I'm I'm, I'm going to say. But I don't want to be a sports journalist <laughs> when, it, when it comes to Marseille. I want to be a fan. And I'm excited. I'm excited. I, yes, I want to be optimistic because Longoria is supposed to know what he's doing. Uh, 
Sampaoli is someone that really, you know, that really speaks soccer, that lives soccer uh, or football. I say soccer. I'm used to say soccer here in North America, but uh, football. And, and it's something that's interesting because if you have, you know, that geo, the two deciding factors with Longoria and Sampaoli that really want to see, uh, you know, a team play the right way and not specially, yes, they want to get results, but first of all, they concentrate on playing the right way and playing a beautiful football. Then I don't know how we can, we can expect anything else than a good season. Now, is it going to be a good season and we're going to be champions? I, I doubt it very much. Uh, I would like to see another season like we've seen under Bielsa, even if we don't make the Champions League. I just want to, you know, I just want to really watch football. Whenever I watch Marseille, I want to be able to be proud that this is my team. And this is something that I lost lately. I guess it was a bit better under Sampaoli at the end of the season, but I want to see a bit more. I want to see risky stuff. I want to see offensive plays. I want to see goals. I don't want to watch a game where we're not able to 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 uh, to have three four passes in a row. I want to see the Marseille, and I want to see I want to see the Marseille that I know, the Marseille that I grew to love is is a Marseille that plays offensive football and beautiful football. And then the result at the end of the day, do I really want them to be in a Champions League? Yes, of course I do. But if they if they're fourth and they they play exactly the same way like they played under Bielsa, I'll be more than happy. I'll be more than happy because we've seen some some magnificent football under Bielsa. Now the transfer market, yes, uh, Ben said that we're really um, digging into the transfer market very early. A lot of uh, rumors around players. Uh, uh, you mentioned a bit before uh, Jerson. There's a lot of other rumors that. Uh, that should be, uh, you know, that should be uh, finalized in the next few weeks. Also, I'm not going to name them them all, but there's a lot of players, and and it's nice, it's exciting because Sampaoli is going to be able to work with a full squad or an almost full squad at the beginning of the season, and that's 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 a luxury that not a lot of coaches have anymore. So yeah, I'm I'm excited and I'm optimistic because I like the way. Uh, the club is being handled, right? I don't, don't have much to add. Um, I agree with, with, with both of you guys. I had a, uh, <laughs> you know, this is the, the, part of the magic is the whole soap opera that always surrounds the club and it, it does add to the, you know, to the excitement and the despair and, and, and the happiness and, it, you know, you just go through every emotion with this club and that's what, that's what sports is supposed to be when you're a fan, you know. It's, you're supposed to have the ups and downs and if you're lucky, you have more ups and downs. Um, I guess just just to conclude on 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 the transfer strategy and, and next season expectations, you know, Vantoem or not Vantoem, um, you know, we have to I, I just have to tip my hat to it to McCourt and he took the, the hard decisions. He he got rid of it all. He listened to the fans in January. He put Longoria in charge, and seemingly he's he's getting his checkbook out. And it's like, you know, mate, thank you. <laughs> you know, this last year we were broke. Or were we broke? Or had you already lost faith in, in the Muppets that were, that were you know, that you'd put in charge of your money because they'd already skinned you dry? And you were waiting to see how this season unfolded and it was their last chance saloon. 
and lo and behold, they, you know, they tripped themselves up. Maybe that was deliberate. Who knows? But he's, you know, if we if we sign Jurston tomorrow for this rumored 25 million plus Fahouf, where, where, you know, how? It's like great. That's that's a club like uh, like Marseille should be spending that money regularly. We should every year here. We should like like we did in the Gerrit days and Duf. We, we always had money to spend every summer because we were qualifying consistently for Europe. We were putting together some good performances and we were also making some very smart signings like Valbuena and you know, even Caboret and, and the utility players we were signing were good. And the first team players we were signing like Djibril Sissé, Bakary Kone, uh, and then you know, the whole Lucho, Heinze, Mbia, Jawara, Quartet court that, that was decisive in experience in getting us that title in 2010. That it's good. It's just really good and, and, and really exciting that whoever's money it is, that they're keen to spend it and they're keen to really give it a go and, and, and do things properly. Yeah, no, um, I kind of agree with everything you're all saying. Um, I am excited a little bit about next season, but that's mostly because of the, the rumours, actually. It's the transfer rumours, it's the volume of rumours, it's the type of rumours, the type of players that we're seeing linked to us. It's that little never-ending rumour about the Van Toem that's just sort of lingering there and um, kind of, is it going to happen, is it going to happen? Probably not, but it keeps me excited and that's part of the excitement. Um, that's part of the reason why being an OM fan is so um, full time <laughs> why I'm so engrossed in it is that there's just there's always drama, there's always something going on, there's always like a what if or maybe maybe next year will be the year, maybe you know we'll, we'll finally get there, there's always something going on and it keeps us kind of on our toes but there's, al- there's always these, those extreme lows as well um, I'll just say like t- to be a bad host because um, I didn't really say much throughout the 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 discussion when we were recapping the season but um just I, I kinda just sort of popped into my head later on there and I just thought um next season I feel I kinda feel like even though we came fifth, um which is as Thomas said is quite prompt it's quite a good finish, like granted all the crap that went on, you know, it could have been absolutely disastrous. I remember a few months ago in a podcast saying, if it keeps going on like this, we might get relegated, you know, that was how how much of um a disaster I was seeing at the time. But so even though fifth is quite a good finish, I guess I just think that if you look back at the start of the season and where we were at going into the, the, the new season if you look at the game when we drew 1-1 with Leo in September and then look now, Leo won the league right, this PSG weren't good this year Leo were pretty solid but I mean, I no disrespect but Leo are not a top team, you know, they're a good team that are very well organised but they're not a top team though I mean it to me it says a lot about this the state of Ligue 1 right now they're not a great side it's a bit like when Greece won the European Championships they won it because they're solid and well organised and we were solid and well, well organised when we came into the season and it just kind of feels like a bit of a missed opportunity to be honest and I'm not saying that OM were ever good enough to win the league but if OM being efficient as we were as we thought we were last season and coming into this season, this would have been the season maybe where we might have been able to nick it based on being very well organised only and uh, and so on. But anyway, we, it was a missed opportunity and not not only was it a missed opportunity, we turned it into a disaster, as we always do. But that said, 
that being said, I'm kind of feeling hopeful about that going forward. It's probably, hopefully, not going to be any worse than last season. So I, I, I'm feeling optimistic. Takeover or no takeover, I, I feel like there, there might be an exciting project, um, even if it's a short-term one that we're about to embark on. Now, I think we need to shut up about the season though and start doing the awards because it's quite late. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is the bit we're all waiting for. So we've got eight awards. Um, they've all got silly names, but you know you can't take yourself too seriously as an OM supporter, as we've um, learned oh, over the last discussion. Don't, don't talk yourself down. Don't talk yourself down. You've been very creative with the award names, Steph. They're really good. <laughs> They're all good. Yeah, thank you. So I'll read them. I'll read out each category, and I think we'll all take turns giving out our nominations and we'll explain briefly why we've chosen each each of our nominations and then we'll declare the winner based on whoever gets the most votes um now it's kind of like first past the post but i i'm mindful that there's four of us so that might we might get stuck sometimes in which case um i'll make a decision um and i'll have a look at some polls that we put out as well so we've got the views of the listeners regarding some of the awards so we'll, we'll take that into consideration if we need to um to select a winner but yeah otherwise i'll be the judge because i did all the work <laughs> but um yeah so the first one is the the most prestigious of them all the ballon d'azur um so that's the best player um player of the season and last se- i'll just remind you all that last season this award was won by steve mandanda i guess unsurprisingly now this season I don't know if what people are going to choose. Um, I think it's quite a tricky one. I, who wants to go first? Ben, do you want to go first? Sorry, well, yeah, I was going to say I'll try and keep it short and sweet, but, you know, in, in, in such a dull, um, you know, season where not many players shined, and, and my, I'm always a bit biased because I, I don't, and, I mean, even Milik and Lirola have been exceptional since arriving, but, you know, you can't really judge them on, on six months because who knows how the other six months could have gone if they had the full season. Um, I think the the only choice is is Boubacar Kamara because you know he's 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 confirmed his his good performances from last year in, in defensive midfield, and he has probably been even in in the bad periods he probably was the most consistent performer and and in the Champions League games, uh, notably in in the return leg away to City um, and and in the home leg against. Um, um, Porto, even though we lost, he, he, you know, he sort of showed that he he can play at that level and and he can have an impact and and you know hopefully he doesn't leave us. But if he does, he, he's got a bright future if he if he puts in the work. So yeah, I think he's he's my choice. Thank you. Um, I'll just give my view on that um, award then. So I also picked uh, Bubakar Kamara for Player of the Season for me. Um, I know like some people think lately his level dropped a little bit, but for me, he was the most consistent player all season. He was the best player all season. Even when we played in the Champions League and we were god-awful, he was the only player that looked like you know he deserved to be at, at that level. Um, I know like some other players, like particularly, as you said, Milik and Lirola have been excellent since arriving. And you could say that Papagay, as a, I mean, obviously not the best player of the season, but as a young player, has also showed that he's got um, ability that he deserves to be playing at this level um, but Kamara for me is, is clearly was the best player of the season um, we've really seen him improve 
Um, I mean, we said last year that he uh, um, that he was really showing great signs of improvement as he was sort of thrusted into midfield, and this year we've just seen him sort of boss it for 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 the most part um, and let down by a lot of his teammates. I mean, he's not perfect. He's, he's by no means a finished article, and perhaps you know midfield isn't the role he'll be in for the rest of his career. Perhaps it might not be the best position for him, but. I think he's um, certainly our leader, despite his age, and and certainly our best player. So he's he gets my pick. Um, who else? Who wants to go next? Thomas, do you want to go? Yeah, sure. I, well, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit partial because uh, Kamara is actually my favorite player for for quite a while now, and so uh, I my, my vote also go, goes for uh, for him. I I think that during mid season actually uh, he he was I th- I, I think. I, well, I think he was definitely the best defensive midfielder in Liga. I think it's it's it, it, during the mid-season, like from let's say November till uh, February, I think he was playing insanely well. And uh, like the, the thing that this that actually um, is so um, well so so amazing about him, I think it's 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 just his. Maturity. He's so mature. He plays so in such an intelligent, intelligent and calm way that that when he gets the ball, I am never like I, I do not ever worry what will be what will happen next. And I cannot say that about many of our other players. So Kamara for me definitely. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I I, I chose the Kamara also. Um, the thing is, you know, I I'm, I want to be a bit different because <laughs> we talked about Camara. All of you guys talk about Camara, and I I want to name Milik too because yes, he only played you know a few games in a season, and he didn't play the whole game the whole year, but he's been a game changer. He was a game changer, and Camara was here since the beginning of the season, but Milik changed the whole season for us because he scored the goals that nobody seemed to be able to score them. Uh, and and we've had so many attackers in 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 the past what three four five six seven years uh, that weren't able to really score goals and and I really want to give it to Milik because he scored a ton of goals and I can't I just hope that he's going to be able to sign with us and I just hope we're going to see a Milik a Narcajus Milik uh, at his. Uh, full potential with the team from the beginning of the season till the end and I, I think with him. Uh, at the front of the attack, uh, we're going to be a, a very dangerous team. So I want to give it to Milik just to be a bit different than than all of you guys. But yeah, my my choice with Kamara too. I'm surprised, Tomas. I was expecting you to go full Eurovision and vote for your countryman. Then, but fair play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, I actually uh, like I uh, as a uh, I'm, I'm acting like a true Pole, and I will I will never uh, you know uh, just. Um, say good things about my compatriots <laughs> like it's a it's it's a known thing for example about poles in uh, in england that they they like uh, there's uh, um there's a saying that the worst thing that can happen to you when you go to england to work is to meet another pole in in your in your work so yeah so so <laughs> so uh, i'm i'm just like that and actually to be honest, I'm I'm uh, like I I like Milik. I think he's a good striker, but I I'm I'm not as uh, like over the moon about him as everything uh, everyone else uh, is. Uh, so, but that's a topic for maybe another poll. 
Yeah, but you know, you're looking at Milik as 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 the player and whole as his whole career. When yes, he wasn't he wasn't great in everywhere he went, but with OM with the OM shirt, he's been very good. Like there's nothing that we can say against him, right? Or Thomas, or you're not impressed by what he he gave even with the OM shirt. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm impressed, but still, like I think he's a good finisher. I I, I actually expected more of him uh, in terms of creating chances and and creating play. Uh, I think he 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 knows where to where to be in in the you know in the uh, in the six yard box, um, and sometimes you know when and how to shoot. But I I think we like I would like a more creative striker up front. But that's just you know I don't want to be too picky because. Uh, we haven't we hadn't uh, had such a striker for a long time, as you said. Okay, um, right. So I think that's it. Was it then, doesn't it, that uh, Bubakar Kamara is the Ballon d'Azur? Um, so he's our Player of the Season and deservedly so, and he um, succeeds Steve Mandanda. So the next award then is the Marseille's Got Talent, the Best Young Player. Of the season award, and I should say that last season this award was actually won by Bubakar Kamara. Um, now there is some criteria for this award, so you have to be twenty-one or under to qualify. Okay, so I'm going by the old rules, the old or the old ways that under twenty-ones are young players. Um, I think I'll go first, right? Um, and I'm going to pick one that maybe is a bit of a cop-out, but I'm going to say, I'm going to pick Bubakar Kamara again. Um, I think that he's the best young player. He's he's the best under-21-year-old in the squad um, for all the reasons that we said before um, about why he's been so good. So he's my pick. You, uh, Hadi, Hadi is probably frothing at the mouth that Piran is eliminated from this uh, from the criteria. Yeah, I, I didn't know that that, that twenty one uh, that under twenty one <laughs> rule. But no, I I didn't have Ferra in mind to be honest. But I'll give my choice afterwards. But go ahead. Ben. <laughs> no, I, I, the thing is, you know, Camara. We could make it all about him, but I think we have to share the love. You know, you can't give the award to the same guy all of them. It's not. It'd just be too easy. I'm um I'm going to go with Pep Gay just because. He's arrived from League He's 22. You can't. Is he? He's 22, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was my oh. choice. And then he told me it's under 21. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> He's 22. Oh, oh. Shit, I was going to give it to him. Um, yeah, Camara then. <laughs> no one else meets the criteria. There is yeah, not many players everything. in the squad, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there is a few. I mean, uh, but... I mean Enrique, maybe. For, I, I actually, en- Enrique, for what, what he's shown since San Paulo's arrived, um, you know, we, we're, we're all thinking, folk, we've signed another Doria here because um, ADB maybe rightly so protected him or didn't see what, what, what Longoria saw in him in terms of his qualities. But, he, you know, he's got five assists in his, in his, in his last few starts for us. He, he needs, I think he needs that goal to break his, uh, you know, the mental block um, and hopefully he gets a goal early in next season and he builds on that. But fair play to him, you know, he's adapted well and he, and he was quite decisive in, in the second half of the season after 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 San Paoli joined because, you know, five assists for a, a kid who's come from another continent. I'm, I'm going to go with Enrique, actually. Excellent choice, I must say. I think he's a fantastic player. So, yeah, I, I think that's a sound choice. OK, Hadi, what about you? Who, who yeah. deserves 
the uh, uh, best young yeah, player award. It's hard. It's hard, Stefan. It's hard. I, I had exactly the same train of thought as, as Ben, and I, I had Pop Gay, but we can't name him. So I would go with, uh, with Luis Enrique also uh, because I'm excited of what he's able to bring under Sampaoli next year. Uh, I think he's shown... Uh, brilliant stuff. Yes, he's still young, right? He's 18, right? Uh, 19, sorry. He's 19, so he's very young. Uh, there are things that he's missing. Tactically, uh, sometimes he, you know, he forgets to do to do things. Uh, defensively, he's not very good because he's been used as a, bing, as a wing back. Um, I can't wait to see... Uh, Sampali said that he's going to use a... He, he likes to play with a four-man defense and not with a three-man, usually, but t- this year he, he thought... That, that he didn't have the players to play in a system that he wanted to play. So maybe he's going to play as a winger uh, under Sampaoli next year. And I can't wait to see his progression because this guy really has talent. And he's shown it. He's shown a lot of his talent. And uh, I think he's going to be uh, very good in his natural position as, as, a left, as a left winger. And I can't wait to see that. I I I don't have any problem with, with naming Kamara here. I think he, he uh, even though he plays like a thirty-year-old, he's still under twenty-one. So I'm 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 I gladly pick him for this award as well. I hope it will be not his last award in uh, the like. I hope it will be not his last TMV award. Let me let me just say that. Okay, so we have a bit of a tie then. Um... Two votes for Kamara and two for Luis Enrique. Or I think actually his, his name's actually pronounced Luis Enrique, isn't it? Someone I, I heard someone say in Portuguese it's Luis Enrique. Um, okay, so we did a poll on this one, so I'm going to um, let the listeners um, decide this one, and you will find that the listeners voted eighty nine percent voted for Bubakar Kamara so I think I'm afraid Kamara wins the award um, guys uh, so he yeah Bubakar Kamara he is the best young player he gets the Marseille's Got Talent award and I think that makes him harsh because he seems like he's a senior player really isn't he but um, maybe next year for Luis Enrique um, but yeah Bubakar Kamara it's his second gong of the night so he's not doing too badly already isn't he it's bloody well hope he's still here in a few weeks time um okay so the next award is oh so this is the best signing the marseille roulette okay so who was the best signing and last year i believe this was won by alvaro um so yeah who wants to go first um thomas do you want to go first sure um I think that uh, when you like, <laughs> I don't want to be like to, to, to talk about Milik once more, but I think that truly when I think about uh, a player that actually changed the way how we play and how we approach games and the player who generated uh, the most momentum in the second uh, part of the season, I think was Paul Lirola and I would uh, name him for, for my, uh, for, for, for the work. I, f- I think that actually a part of it is because if you consider what was the best transfer, you also have have to consider you know the fee and all the the financial stuff. So it is actually unclear uh, how how the deal with Milik uh, was done and is, does he actually have a, a release clause, etc. So 
uh, like it's it's hard for me. It's difficult for me to to actually assess how how good of a deal that was. But I'm I'm confident that even if we will pay a uh, 12 million for uh, Lirola, it will be a, a very 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 good deal. And I think uh, he should win this this award. And like honorable mentions, runner up I think was uh, for me was Pub Gay just just because he came here for for free, uh, as if I uh, call correctly. So so that's the, that's the Runner up for me, but uh, Lirola is is the best transfer, I think. Yeah, I, I would go with Pop Gay. Uh, for me, he was the best young player, but uh, I would put him as the best signing uh, because I think that the pair Camara and Gay has shown so much promise. Uh, I think it's it, it's the best like the best games that we've seen um, from Marseille this year. We had. Gay and Kamara play in the midfield, and I like what I'm what I've seen from 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 uh, from Gay. I think he, he he's still young, 22. Uh, he has so much potential playing forward. He has a completely different profile than Boba Kamara. He, he he's technically very good. He's tall. Uh, he can be aggressive. Uh, I I really like that 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 uh, that signing and. Uh, yeah, he, he signed for free. Now, is he going to be free? Because you know we know that there's a a whole um, a whole thing, a whole legal thing behind this, and uh, <laughs> Marseille can can you know can at the end have will maybe have to pay a fee to to Watford. We'll see about that. But uh, but I think he's been he's been the best on the pitch from the new signings. I could have named uh, Lirola or Milik, but I like to share the love, like Ben said. I like to share the love. So for me, uh, Pap Gay, uh, really for me, he's uh, he's a no-brainer for that for the, for that award. Uh, wow. Okay, <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> um, uh, you know, when you when when Hadi, you, you nominated Milik for Player of the Season, I I, I felt that the, the obvious award for him is signing of the season. I mean. You know, to, 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 and, and it's not just him and, and his contribution. Ten goals in you know in half the season in a new team, new teammates, um, and he came. He was he wasn't fully fit when he arrived. So when when you consider that and his early performances, his goal return has been great. But it's just the, the, the whole deal, I just love everything about it. I mean, the balls on Longoria to 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 go out there and say, hey. Fuck it, let's give Milik a go, you know. And, and uh, Marseille get signing a player like Milik in the last two or three years, it is just, it just you would never have even thought it was remotely possible. So the fact we've pulled it off, and and, and the fact it's, it's it's worked on the pitch, um, and the structure of the deal seems to be he does belong to us. We paid the automatic transfer fee, but we're paying it next year. But he is an OM player; he's under contract for three years, but. Maybe there is a gentleman's agreement, whatever, that he can leave this summer. I don't think he'll leave. And I think Longoria is smart enough to cover his art and, and, and make sure he drives a hard bargain if we were to sell him. And I'm pretty confident he also has an idea of, of you know, how to replace him. But, you know, guys, when's the last time we signed a striker who, who had this impact and, and had this, this talent and this just this, this aura? You know, the, the guy is, is, was... When he was at Ajax and before he joined Napoli, he was he was you know one of the best young players in Europe at the time. Um, you know, it's, it's just un, unreal that we've managed to sign a player of his caliber, and and his impact has been has been amazing. I agree with you, Gay. Yes, Lirola as well. 
but I, I just, you know, we've been looking for this Grand Attaquant yeah. for so fucking long that we have him. Let's reward him. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. That's why I named him best player. But, uh, and, and again, I, I like to share the spoils, right? So, so yeah, for me, for me, yeah, for sure. Milik is a, is a great choice for sure. But I, I really like Gay also, so so yeah. And since Gay couldn't be uh, couldn't be named as the Marseille's Got Talent, then I didn't have a ch- choice, right? So, <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree with you. Milik has been has been instrumental oh, Steph, in that for that season. Steph, you're so. in the uh, you're you're in the, the you're in the, the referee seat now. You, exactly. This is difficult actually because I I I can agree with all three choices. Um, I think they're all, you know very worthy winners um it's hard i think i I, for me like i would probably on on the surface milik is the big star isn't he he's the big signing but i'm not i i I rate him very highly but he's not i'm not a big fan of him in the the sense i'm not a big I'm not that keen on him as a player as in his style of play and I, I, I think that um, maybe a diff- a slight, I've said this before in the podcast I would prefer a different style of attacker under our Sampali system um, so and also I should say like in this for me I, for me Lee Roller is an excellent signing but um, and and his impact, I think, is probably even you could argue bigger than Milik's. We expect Milik to score goals, but did we expect a right wing back to be like our main source of you know making things happen? Um, I th- I don't think so. So especially one that was kind of out of favour, um, in Serie A, um, and wasn't really a household name. So my but my main issue with those two deals is that they're not permanent signings. And I'm not convinced. I, I can't guarantee. We can't guarantee that either of them are going to be here next season. Um, so it's hard for me to get to say that that's the best signing. But it's a, if it's a guy that comes on loan for five months and then disappears, um, even if it did have an a huge impact on our season. Oh, I'm very conflicted actually. Um, whereas with the gay one, you know, he we did buy, it, we did sign him outright. But you know, as Harry pointed out, there's also a caveat with that one as well. There's a problem. He he, bloody well. Um, we, we, we you know we, we might find that we owe Watford money for him. So hold on, sneeze. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of in two minds about him as well because if we end up paying, just this, go with Nagatomo, mate. Just, just uh, go with Nagatomo. Oh full, full, full random, full rebel. For <laughs> for those who, who are not on the the UK Marcy fan. Group WhatsApp group like the Nagatomo chat is just like relentless. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm going to pick Gay to be honest, just because he's our player, um, and because and also because I think that whatever we end up paying in compensation, I don't think it's going to be that much. I I anticipate it's going to be a lot less than whatever the fee that we end up paying for Lirola or Milik is to sign him permanently so for that reason I'll pick Gay and also because Gay was a a player from the second division that maybe we don't know very well he's a he's a raw talent he's a rough diamond and I think that he's got a bright future ahead of him so I think that so I won 
Yeah, and if if, if Kamara leaves and he slots in, it will turn out to be a very good bit of business to to have brought him in um, last summer. So yeah, Pap Gay for me is the gets the Marseille roulette. He is the best sign, and and we spent way too much time talking about that. So um, let's move on quickly. And the next one is the Revenant. So this is the most improved player. Um, last year it was I believe it was Jordan Amavi who got this award, and this year. Well, I don't quite know actually who. If, if I'm, I, I have no idea. So to be honest, I, I'd like to listen to what you guys have to say. So, um, Hadi, I'm going to ask you to go first this time. Have you got an idea about who you think is the Revenant? Who is shown to be the most improved player this season? Listen, I, I couldn't choose anybody. So I decided to go with my boy, Le Capérin, just because I wanted to put him somewhere. So. <laughs> So, like, it, it's very hard. Like, nobody really improved that much, right? Like, <laughs> like no, but, but Ben, I I know that you're, you're going to laugh at me, but but still, no, nobody improved. Nobody improved. I, 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 the thing is, I'm, I'm laughing because the problem is I, I, I can't think of anybody else. So exactly. The thing is, you're probably right. It's very funny because... I, I also had, have, yeah, I also have Baron, and actually my train of thought was exactly the same. Yeah, to, to his credit, he scored. He scored a goal, hasn't he? He scored an important goal away to Montpellier, and you know he's bagged his, his senior goal. Um, fuck, you know, who else can you nominate? There's, there's no one, is there? Yeah, but let's talk about a bit, a bit about Perrin. I don't know if we have time, Stefan, but I really want to talk about him because I'm one of <laughs> I'm one of the main defenders of of, of Luca Perrin and and his contributions to the Marseille squad. And I know we've been talking, you know, uh, on Twitter and uh, you know in a private chat and everything. And and you know, you didn't really rate him very highly. Not you, Stefan, but like all of you. <laughs> and I was the one really defending him. And did he? Did he? Like improve in in your eyes, guys. Like, did you do you see some sort of future uh, for Le Caperin with uh, with Marseille? I I, I think I'm, the, the only thing I will say is that now now we've had the full season to judge, and and Perrin, unfortunately, compared to last year, he didn't he got nowhere near as much playing time, did he? Sadly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just just to contextualize. Now, now we've seen what we've seen this season from from getting Ballardi on loan. I, I, do, I, you know, would it have been much worse if we just stuck with Perrin? Thank you. I don't think so. I don't think so, to be honest. So that's that's you know that's that's what we can conclude about Perrin. I think next year is going to be the, well. This summer is going to be the decisive point, isn't it? Either he impresses San Paoli in pre-season and, and he's part of the squad. And if we end up selling Kaletakar and Perrin shows some actual promise, maybe maybe he becomes a regular starter, or it means we don't have to go out and sign someone because Perrin can fill the void. Who knows? That's the the ideal scenario. But the the other the other plausible scenario is he gets sent out on loan, plays a full season in professional football under his belt in in Ligue 1. I think he is Ligue 1 level, maybe for a you know a sort of a, a Reims or. Um, Strasbourg, you know, a team like that, yeah. they're going to play regular football and they, they're not going to get battered every weekend because they're decent teams as well. It's the turning point for him for his future at the club yeah. now. He either, he either confirms this summer or he either goes out on loan and, and proves that he, he's got the level to perform in this league. Yeah, there's rumours sending him to Brest, by the way, just to let you know. But, uh, 
yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be a starter in Marseille, but I think he's a good backup, a third or fourth central defender. And uh, it's too bad that he didn't play enough uh, this year. It's really too bad. Sorry, that's my piece on Luca, on Luca Pera. Okay, right. So I have to come in here. Um, one, it's not too bad that he didn't play that much, but um, I will give it to you, Hadi. He probably is my pick too. Um, I, I couldn't think of anyone. Um, although... I thought maybe Kawi actually, um, but I mean it's like the best of too a bad, inconsistent. The best no. of a bad bunch. So I'll go uh. with Peran. He did his job when he was called upon. Um, so so yeah, I, I'm I'm going to pick him too. But um, I would say that I'm not like disappointed that he didn't get more time. Um, I'm not. I don't agree that we'd be better off not bringing in Balerdi and playing Peran because. I think Bilardi has a much higher ceiling and as much as Bilardi's made a few pretty catastrophic errors, he's actually put in some good performances as well. He's had probably at least three, maybe even four games where he was undoubtedly man of the match. So, I mean, that's not... I mean, yeah, no, so that's not terrible. Um, there's something there, but... Um, but yeah, so Peran, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he, he's done his job when called upon. I think he's looked fairly solid, actually, if limited. Um, I think he's done just enough to earn himself a move to Troyes um, at the end of summer. So, um, yeah, good on him, mate. Um, do I want to see him here next season? Probably not. But if he's like four, fifth choice centre-back, yeah, it's good to have someone like that in the squad that can come in and, and do the job when needed, when everyone else is out, but um, I wouldn't want to be relying on him too much, so, um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's give it to him, the Revenant is Luca Peran, who, I'm not quite sure, has he, has he really come back from the dead, yeah, I guess so, from obscurity, yeah, so we'll give it to him, well done, and I bet you're happy, Hadi. so I'm happy for you, that you got your man, I'm ecstatic, I'm ecstatic, (laughs) (laughs) even if I've been a bit, lobbying is paid off, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was a bit brutal, but I think, you know, got to be realistic, guys. But yeah, well done to him. Um, so the next one, number five, we're getting there. Um, so this one is the Machu Picchu. It's the best game. It's not the best title of all the awards, but you, if, you, if anyone can think of a better one for next year, right, let, let me know. But yeah, so what was the best game of the season? Um, and um, I think last year we picked the win against Lyon. Um, it was a 2-1 win wasn't it last year so this year I don't know um, seems like a bit of a silly question doesn't it but what was the best game of the season guys uh, you know yeah let's 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 get some time back um, just just beating PSG that, that PSG game not only the performance but mainly the result breaking the curse no yeah <laughs> There's been parts of games that have been very good, but I think that is the only game where, from start to finish, we, we outsmarted them, we got inside their heads, we bullied them mentally, made Neymar crack, and we bagged the goal. And, and we, the, the second goal, we should have won 2-0. That, that second goal by Benedetto should never have been disallowed. And that was, that was the perfect away performance, and that was probably the last time we saw the OM that we saw last year where we were getting results away to Lille and Ren, hard-fought results, grinding it out, playing well. That was that was the, the swan song for AVB, really. Yeah, I have nothing to add. And for me, it was exactly the same. The same game. Listen, it's it, it was the it was the first time that I looked at a game 
and I was happy at the end of the game, but like genuinely happy. And, you know, I was able to call up because I do have some friends that are PSG fans and I called them and I was like, ha ha, we did it. And, you know, it felt good to say that. So, yeah, I think the game of the game of the season is PSG OM and the win, the one nil win. Been a long time. We've been able to do that. Uh, yeah, same for me. I, I, I give it to the P, the PSG game for all the reasons you've mentioned. I don't know the exact um, length of time, the, the stats. Maybe Thomas might know. Um, but I think it was it something like twenty games since we beat them. I believe, and how many years? I don't know how many years. Ten. I don't know. Twenty games, yeah, eleven years. Thank you. It was a home win with. Um, Remy, Ayou, and Amalfitano. Yeah. Amalfitano, Amalfitano goal. At the, the third it. One. it was a screamer, actually. It was a really good Yeah, game. yeah. Yeah, just just to pick something. Uh, well, I love this PSG game, but it was like so nerve wracking for me that I couldn't <laughs> handle it. But I, I, like, if if I would pick with my heart, I would say uh, the the win and part of the press. But if I would pick with my with my brain, I would think I think I will go with Montpellier OM because it was just a game that had it all. It had red cards, dramatic equalizers, uh, parents goal, and it, it was like a very 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 entertaining tie. So just to to pick something else, I will I will go with Montpellier uh, OM. Thank thank you. Yeah, no, that was uh, an exciting game, wasn't it? Three three. Um, are you talking about three three? Yeah, not the three one. Um, the, the, yeah, yeah, three three three. Yeah, definitely. Okay, okay. Well, um, nonetheless, you are outvoted, Thomas. So the Machu Picchu goes to PSG versus Marseille. Um, unsurprisingly, so the next award is ah, it's the Golden Boot. So that's the best goal of the season. Um. And I think I will go first this time. Last year, I, 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 I'm if I'm not mistaken, I believe Radonich won this last year. Possibly, maybe he's go against Brest. I'm not, if not, I'm not 100 sure. But um, this year, I'm going to pick um, Dimitri Payet's uh, rather sublime volley. It's not very long ago against uh, Lorient, and yeah, for me that was just absolutely exquisite. So. That's my goal of the season. Anyone got any other choices? I, I just can't bring myself to, to nominate Payet for any fucking awards. It's, it's, I'm so over him. Um, but <laughs> I, I preferred I preferred Minnick's goal uh, away to Montpellier. The build-up um, and his technique to bring the ball under control, the deft little nutmeg on the central defender, and then the way he just opens his foot and completely wrong foots the keeper to, to equalise. Um, that's my favourite. Yeah, I agree with you, Stefan. Uh, I go with the the, the Payet's goal. Uh, it's not only the goal itself; it's the build-up altogether. Like the long ball from Bakamara, the precise header for Milik, putting it directly on the foot of Payet, who just you know goes with a banger off the volley and from the top of the box, and just goes directly in the back of the net. Uh, for me, yeah, the best goal of the season. Like, it's the first goal that really came to my mind. Uh, and even if I want Payet gone, I can't, I cannot really, I cannot ignore that goal. For me, it was the best goal. 
Yeah, it's the same. I, I, because you you said Stefan that it was. I think it was uh, versus Nantes, wasn't it? Uh, because I think no, Lorient, Lorient. He's right. It's Lorient. It's okay. I I think I, I had something mixed up. Uh, um, yeah. So so that's that's the goal also for me. Uh, if I would like, I, I think it it, it it was just so smooth. I think you can you can just watch this goal like ten times on uh, repeat, and it's, it is so satisfactory when you when you just uh, you know see see this his connection like the foot with the ball. It's it's really exquisite. I think I also like the first goal, uh, Milik's first goal versus Anger. Uh, it was I, I like this goal because it was a nice piece of teamwork and 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 uh, like. Uh, uh, with first touch and passes and Lirola's claws and um, Milik's feather, so that would be a runner-up for me. But yeah, Payet's goal was number one. I guess if we're, if we're doing a podium, um, I guess Sanson's goal away to Strasbourg was, was sublime and just the whole the, the circus act leading up to that where Payet does a you know, fucking sea lion juggle, crosses it, Benedetto flukes, flukes the perfect header backwards. And Sanson scores a brilliant volley. That's probably got to be the third place, hasn't it? Yeah, that was a very good goal as well. And it was a very dramatic goal, wasn't it? After um, sort of late goal and a very poor performance. But um, yeah, so I think I think we're all in agreement for the most part that um, Payet scored the, the finest goal of the season. Beautiful. So number seven, nearly there. So this one is the weakest link, also known as the Christian Jimenez Award. And that's for the worst player. I did consider renaming it the Gregory Sertic Award, but um, then I realised that you know Gregory Sertic didn't actually play at Marseille, so is it fair to <laughs> rename this award to him? And also, then I thought, actually, didn't we give the award to Gregory Sertic last year? I don't know. But anyway, we're going with the Christian Jimenez Award still, unless he's want to change it. Um, so... Who wants to go first? Uh, Thomas, do you want to, who do you think was the worst player of the season? Yeah, I will gladly go first. Like, I don't remember a player who actually uh, just infuriated me so much as uh, Mikhail Tuzans. I think like every time he got the ball, I was uh, and lost it like three seconds after. I was fuming. Uh, he was playing in a very important position. Uh, and he actually, instead of you know smoothing out our 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 build up, he actually lost the ball. I I'm sure like at least fifty percent of of times he got it. So it's it's Tizon's uh, for me, and I'm very very happy that he's been thrown out of the, of the of the training uh, center just for his uh, overall attitude. So yeah, Tizon for me. I would choose, you know, I, I really had two names written down, okay? And I had Cuisance too. But, you know, the more I look at it and the more I want to give it to Olivier Ncham, uh, it, you know, at least Cuisance scored a goal, was able to show a bit of positive stuff, even if it was like 5% of the time. Ncham didn't show anything. Like, this guy was a... Was <laughs> he was a France like under twenty one guy? He was supposedly a great catch to have him. It, it's it's a guy that comes so, from so, Celtic. Cuisance so huh? was exactly the same. Huh? Yeah, but he's twenty one, Cuisance, so he can still improve. 
Cham is 25 now. Like if he's if he's not if he's not good now, he's never going to be good. If he's asking to improve what? He can't I don't rest. know. He's yeah. 21. He looks like a 70 year old smoker, chain smoker. He's out of breath <laughs> after after two sprints. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Well, but but well, Cham, Cham, what did he show? What did he show? Nothing. No, nothing at all. And, but no, I, I Cham played day. like. Sorry. Yeah, I just wanted to say that it's. I think it's a bit unfair to name Champ. He played actually. Uh, I just checked 118 minutes as he spent on the beach. So it's like. Yeah, but he, he sucked he, for 118 minutes. Sorry, he's not. <laughs> I saw this the other day. He's got the the European record. He's the only player in the Europe top five leagues to have been substituted at halftime in three consecutive games. Unchamp, and, and, right? Yeah, and it was Nasser Lake, you know, so if Lake, he was a donkey, <laughs> thinks that Unchamp is paying shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's really bad. Uh, for me, it's Olivier Unchamp. I'm not going to add anything, but I respect Cuisance. It's the second name that I had written down. So, so yeah, Cuisance could be uh, the, the, the weakest link, but Unchamp for me is, is, I, is I, a lot I'm, worse. Um, they're, 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 those guys are obvious choices, and I'm sure I'm sure the majority will go with them. But I'm I'm just I just so want to stuff it to Payet because you know these guys with signings. There's always you never know with signings. They either, they either work or they don't. And these guys, well, especially Cunos, you know, under 21. Yes, he's going from Bayern Munich, but you know he's, he's he's very young. We know that young young players do struggle at Marseille, so I think he'll end up winning it. But Payet. Just for just just because what a prick! It's more his attitude. You know, how can you lobby AVB to stay when he wanted to resign at the end of last season, or he was talking about leaving after they sacked Zuby? Uh, you know, you, all of the players lobby him. No, no, we really like you. Let's let's carry on, and then and then fuck him over like Payet did by being uninterested, overweight, um, missing missing penalties in in decisive games away to Porto. Um, at home to um, to few other teams, he's missed a few other penalties, and and uh, you know, I think that what what sticks out for me the most is that game. Was it? Was it? I think it was in January. Was it Brest or someone? He 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 ran less than six kilometers for fuck's sake, and it's it's just I'm just so fed up with the guy after all of the shit. You know, all of the PR last summer for Olympien could lifetime contract, uh, and, and there's a clause that he's going, to inter- he's going to join the staff. Go fuck yourself, mate. You've, you've, you've burned that bridge now, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm just fuming with him, and I, I really want to nominate him. I just, I, I just, can I just say that we, I think that for the next year, we need a new uh, award, like the most, you know, the most irritating player or something like that, because, because I, I think it's something else yeah. than, than the worst player. Okay, noted. Yeah, this one's a tricky one, actually. So we've got three different choices already. And for me, like, you know, I was thinking that, well, Cuisance and is the one that immediately jumps out to, at me and um, to me, sorry. And, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't convinced from him right from the start. Um, you'll remember, Ben, I said right from the first game or two when everyone was like, oh, look at the quality he brings. I was like, mm, I don't know about this guy. He looks a bit clunky to me. Um, I, but, I won't tell you this very often to you, Steph, but you were right. Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't, I, I wasn't impressed. And um, 
<laughs> I just seen a rather cheeky message from Hadi there in the chat. Apparently, I'm not convinced. Yeah, but they're not convinced about anyone. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I cannot argue with that, right? That's possibly true. Um, right, but yeah, so he's the one that immediately jumps out at me, but I'm not sure if he is the worst player of the season because, as um, you pointed out, Hadi, he scored a couple of important goals, then he got some points, a couple of winners. Um, and Cham, I'm not sure. Like, I, I'm with the others. He hardly played. I feel kind of sorry for him. He's not played any football for ages, really. He's not match fit. He wasn't playing at Celtic either. He was a good player before. I mean, maybe he's not good enough for Marseille, but I think he was a good player. Um, so I feel it's harsh, but his impact has been so minimal, but he's barely played. Um, but then there's also, like, you could say, I mean, obviously he's your man. He's been rubbish this season. He's been absolutely non-existent, hasn't he? When even when he's played, he's been completely like he's had no mark. He's been completely ineffective. And then Benedetto was pretty diabolical. And recently, he's had a couple of performances that have been a bit better. He scored a good golden recently, but or eagle recently, but. Um, I mean, he was awful before um, the first half of the season. So there's a lot of um, <laughs> there's a lot of options. I don't know to be honest. I'm gonna just pick Germain just because he's had a bit of a stinker, and I was one that always defended Germain. I always felt his criticism was a bit harsh, but I mean, he's really not had not had a good season. Now, saying that, that's a tie. That means we've got four choices. That um, four different choices. So I'm going to look at the poll and the poll that we put out picked in Cham. So Hardy gets his man Thank and you again, Thank and you. Uh, the the listeners, the listeners have spoken, and Olivia and Cham gets the award, the Christian Jimenez Award. Um, so he is the worst player of the season, and that means that we are now on our final award, finally, <laughs> and it's the Basil Bowley Award, which is your favourite moment of the season so and that hopefully a nice positive one to end the podcast on um, yeah I, I think last year I don't know what we got last year maybe, um, to be honest um, but yeah maybe beating Leon or something not sure um, but yeah who wants to go first I uh, I don't, I'll I don't really first. know I'll yeah. go first if you don't mind I'll go first because I laughed so hard when I saw the standings at the end of the year. Seeing Rudy Garcia and Lyon missing the Champions League made my day. <laughs> For me, the Basil Bolli Award goes to Rudy Garcia. I'm so happy that you didn't succeed with Lyon. That's it. Yep, that's fine. Um, they don't have. This doesn't have to be a moment on the pitch either, you know. So um, I think this is quite that, a flexible that, that award. Is a lovely one. That is very banter worthy. I like that that nomination. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. torn between. Uh, I'm torn between finally it all getting facts and 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 being told to take a step back finally. Or um, I did. I did spend. It was a really eventful day when uh, when Evb resigned. Um, I thought that was hilarious. Where the whole. He, he wants to resign. No, we're going to sack him. And it, it's just like, what the fuck? Like, the guy wants to walk for free. But you're like, no, 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 we're, we can't resign. You've, you've brought the, the institution into disrepute. We're going to fire you. And we're going to suspend you. And it's like, just let him go, for fuck's sake. And it's just like, 
but that whole that whole period of January, that the, the whole circus of, of incompetence was was even though it was quite quite stressful, it, it was also looking back at it now it was quite fun. Hold on, um, Ben. I'm not sure what who what are you giving the award to. So, um, so I guess the award for me is the is the January period, the you know favourite moment of the season. That the, the whole January absolute circus where ABB resigned, then they said no. Nah, nah. Then he resigned I can't, again. I can't, ex- I can't accept that. That's a whole month. That's not a moment. You're going to have to pick one. One. Right. One ABB, thing, right? ABB's, ABB's resignation. Okay. That pre- that press conference was hilarious. I didn't want Encham. Why have you signed him? Turns out he wasn't wrong. And then he walks. And then no, you can't resign. We want to sack you. It's just that whole that whole day was ridiculous. Okay, brilliant. Thomas. Yeah, I uh, well, I, in in terms of just pure endorphins uh, <laughs> that I I felt during the, the, the moment, I think that uh, like uh, a raw departure or demotion like uh, wins it for me. I think it was the the best moment of the season. Also, when you when you think about what what went on with 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 Super League, I think that uh, a raw departure is like a little victory for fans at our local level. That actually. Fans do have a say in, in these things, so that, that that's the that's the moment of um, of the season for me. Okay, um, I find this one a bit of a tricky one to be honest. Like, I could easily just say being PSG was the best moment of the season, but it was a bit of shit game to be honest, wasn't it? it wasn't like it was. Uh, I mean, I suppose it's not about the game; it's about the 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 feeling of finally um, defeating your rivals. Um, but it was a little bit soured as well, I should say, by the the sort of controversy at, at the end of the of the match between Alvaro and, and Neymar. Um, so I don't want to pick that. Um, I don't know if I have a favourite moment of the season. I'm actually, I, I mean, maybe just as an honourable mention, but um, a moment that's sort of in my mind right now is um, just that two-second clip of um, Longoria celebrating um, when we scored. You know, who was that against? It wasn't long ago. Orgy. The Orgy. last penalty against Orgy. Yeah. yeah. No, that was priceless. Yeah. yeah, just because it just felt kind of... Ref- it was funny, but also it was refreshing to see, you know, after all the shit with the previous president, to see the president who's really been embraced by the fans and seems to be a man of football um so yeah that was kind of, yeah so maybe i'll maybe i'll i'll pick that but then that means that um again we've got a, a problem where we've got four different choices and we didn't actually do a poll for this one so i don't know um because i was quite indecisive it's, it's about my choice yeah it's almost one of those awards you can't really pick a winner because it's always subjective to each of us isn't it so I guess all of those moments can win the award, I guess, just because it was such an eventful season. Um, maybe, maybe you don't award it to any one of them, you award it to all of them, I guess. Do you know what? I'm going to pick, I'm going to just go with, um, was I think it was Thomas and just the the change of president. Yeah, I think that's probably the, that's the big one, isn't it? Um, and I think it may, for me personally, it's not my choice, but I think for a lot of the fans, I think that's probably the most significant moment of the season to see the president finally be toppled. Um, 
yeah. So and and so and you can include in that his replacement and stuff. So yeah, I think we'll just give it to um, Eros' departure. Okay. Um, and and that's the end of the show, guys. Uh, that's all the awards. So um, Bubakar Kamara is the dominator this year with two awards. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. I thought that was very good fun. It was a very long episode. Um, I hope you make it far enough in the episode to to get to the awards. Again, good to have you back, Hadi, as well. And yeah, we'll we'll um, till the next time. Yeah, thanks, thanks for guys. Me.